You're listening to Meeting Pod, the podcast powered by Meeting Place, the premier magazine and news source for the meat and poultry processing industry, and Alt Meat Magazine, the only business information resource for the exploding alternative meat industry. Hi, I'm Julie Larson Brisher, Science and Technology Editor for Meeting Place Magazine. Welcome to episode 24 of Meeting Pod, where we're talking meat product innovation and practical solutions to safety and quality tech challenges with Dr. Rodrigo Tarte, Assistant Professor and Director of Certificate Studies in Meat Science in the Department of Animal Science at Iowa State University. Rodrigo's research focuses on processed and value-added meat and meat products. His work involves the development and application of technologies that enable product innovation and increase product value. He also conducts research to advance the industry's scientific understanding of technological challenges related to product safety, quality, healthfulness, affordability, and consumer acceptance, and to develop practical solutions to those challenges. Before joining the Iowa State faculty, Rodrigo held a number of R&D director and senior scientist posts in the meat industry, including positions at John Morrell, now Smithfield Foods, and Kraft Foods' Oscar Mayer. He also served as director of research and development for the Columbia South America-based sausage and meat processor, Rico Rondo S.A. Currently, Rodrigo serves as an editorial board member of the peer-reviewed journal Meat Science and is the 2021 president of Phi Tau Sigma, the Honor Society of Food Science and Technology. He is a member of several leading scientific societies, including the American Meat Science Association, the Institute of Food Technologists, the Society of Animal Science, and the International Association for Food Protection. Welcome to Meeting Pod, Rodrigo. I'm delighted to have you as a guest on the podcast today. Thank you, Julia, and thanks for the invitation. It's really wonderful to be here. Great. Well, you know, research and development activities are at the heart of innovation in the food business, and I think this is an exciting time in the meat sector. So I'm really happy to be tapping into your expertise today. What do you think are the top scientific and technological advances made in recent years to improve meat quality at the processing level? Yes, I, I think a lot of what's happening recently, I'll just I'll mention a couple of things. A lot of what's happening recently centers around what's called clean label, for instance. I prefer to use the term simple label because there's really nothing dirty about the traditional ingredients that we have used for generations. Along these lines, I, I think one of the concerns initially that, they, that we have with simple label products was around uh, product safety. We had been using the lactate and diacetate system, for instance, in processed meats in this country, very successfully for a number of years. And it's, uh, in my opinion, one of the best food safety interventions of the recent past. Of course, lactate and diacetate are not simple label ingredients, so they need to be replaced. And I'm really, really excited that the industry has been able to develop some some really good options to this. For instance, things like buffered vinegar and and different cultured sugars and, and fermentates and things of that sort. So that to me has been a tremendous boost. It gives me confidence that we can uh, make these products safe for the consumer. Another area that's really interesting recently and uh, could have potential and it's not yet commercialized on a grand scale, but it's the area of active packaging, for instance. 
some work that we've done here at Iowa State. Uh, we're currently doing some work on, uh, on nitrite embedded film. So this is film that has nitrite embedded on its inside surface where it contacts the meat product and it's able to preserve the color of the meat. And in the case of cured products, it's even able to impart a cured color to the product. So these are things that I think processors need to be aware of that are that are happening because they could provide some very interesting uh, opportunities in the in the future. Well, that sounds great. Well, what would you say are the top ingredients or formulation methods or processing technologies that can provide meat and poultry processors with optimal ROI in terms of achieving both quality and safety attributes of meat products? I, w- I will answer your question in this way, Julie. So. Uh, top ingredients and, and such, that it really depends, right? So the, the answer is that age-old answer, it, it depends. And it depends on a number of factors. So I hesitate to give like a list of things because there's there are a number of ingredients that are very effective. You just have to find what's right for you, for your product, for your label, and what's right, what fits into the cost structure of your product. But I would answer your question in this way. So when I look at these things uh, in terms of optimizing ROI and quality attributes of meat products, I think of three main factors, ingredients, process, and formulation. So on the ingredient side, you have two types of ingredients, what we call the non-meat ingredients, which are typically not always dry ingredients, and then you have meat raw materials. Dry ingredients can be very consistent. So consistency is key. So be consistent, have have ingredient specifications that are very clear and they're adhered to. Make sure you do that. Um, make sure your process is consistent so you have good quality control systems to ensure the consistency of your product. If we had the same ingredients with the same formulation and the same process every time, we would make the same product. However, that's not always possible. So control your ingredients as much as possible and your process. When we get into meat raw materials, that is the more variable component of the meat processing industry. So that's where it, it's really not possible to expect that you're buying the exact same product from every one of your vendors every single time. There's variability inherent to meat. So this is where in order to maximize the use of these meat raw materials and be able to give your consumer a consistent product, your formulation will come in as well. So when I say formulation, formulation is not really a recipe like you will find in a recipe book a formulation really starts with uh with with a recipe what we'll call a standard formula and you build constraints around it that will allow you to utilize to the maximum variable raw materials while producing a consistent quality product for your consumer while at the same time helping you to do it in the more cost efficient way possible so this uh this, this issue of a formulation is actually, I think that to me, that's kind of like a human factor because you need to train people to learn how to formulate, okay, and how to develop the formula and how to put those constraints around it. Once you put that into a formulation software or at least cost formulator, it takes it over from that. But if you don't, it's, it's just like anything computer related, garbage in, garbage out. You need to feed your least cost formulation software, a good formula with really good constraints. And getting to that good formula and really good constraints is is the crux of the matter. That's where the 
the skill of formulation is, is so important and it needs to be taught in, in, a, in a very uh, deliberate sort of way, in a very organized sort of way. Yes. Well, I was going to ask you about this a little bit later in our conversation, but I think right now is probably a better time. You guys are operating for the last three years, a meet, this meat science certificate program that you lead. And it seems like that formulation piece, that human factor, right? In learning the science, is that, is this part of the focus of that program? Our program is, uh, is focused on the science and the technology uh, fundamentally. This is a program that we launched three years ago this summer, and it's been picking up steam. Uh, we have several students enrolled in it. It's really, it really came out of a concern expressed by some of our stakeholders for, for, for the last many years, actually, where there's a desire for to train their employees, give them more in-depth knowledge and meet science. But at the same time, if you have valuable employees in your company, you don't necessarily want them to go away for two years and get a master's degree and they come back and sometimes they come back and sometimes they don't, right? So so as, as, a, as, as an answer to that, we developed this uh, online program. It consists of four courses and information can be found out. Really, the best way is just to Google Iowa State Online Graduate Certificate in Meet Science and it'll come right up. And this program allows you to take these courses on your own time. It is designed to be completed in a couple of years. If you have more time, take two courses per semester. You could do it sooner, but it's really designed with uh, professional people in mind. So you can complete it in two years or you could take longer. So we're, we're very excited about it. And uh, we've heard some really good things about it. And I think the students that are enrolled in it have found it to be very, very helpful. So again, if there are any questions, just Google it and then give me a call and we'll be happy to talk, talk to you about it. Yeah, that's great. Well, I'm, I'm thinking that there's a lot of certificate programs out there that really they're focused on the science and technology, but n not always incorporating that research and development angle. But I'm assuming that this one does incorporate that as part of the science, you know, as part of a student gaining a scientific background? Our, our program is designed a little more on the science. You are going to get some research and development, especially in the process meets course. That's part of the program. But oftentimes, uh, different companies, this has been my experience in, my, in, in, in the industry myself, different organizations have different ways in which they like to go about the product development process. And they tend to do, especially the larger companies, tend to do a pretty good job already training people. So where this, where this, where a program like this is really helpful is, for instance, if you need, if you have hired somebody who does not have a degree in neat science, who doesn't have formal education in neat science, but perhaps has an engineering degree or another science degree, and you say, I want this person to really basically become a neat scientist, get some of that really basic knowledge that they're going to need to then put together with everything else in the company. One thing to uh, stress about this program is that it is a graduate level program. So a, a bachelor's degree is required. It is handled through our graduate college. So that's something uh, to, to keep in mind. It's great. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to, 
roller coaster you back to a different topic now. In the last couple of years, you have shared some insights into alternative meats or proteins with various industry and science groups. Where do you think the science is at present with regard to alt proteins or blended meat products? And what does the future hold for the meat industry in terms of these products? Okay, so uh, I'll, I'll address the last part of your question first. What does the future hold? I think a company that sees itself as a food company, right? So, you know, we're in the meat industry, but we're making food for people. And many of the larger uh, meat companies in this country are actually diversified. They don't do just meat. They do a number of other food items. So there's a future, I think, for in that sense, for the meat industry in this area. And I, and I believe that we need to embrace it. There's a, I believe there's a market for these products. Many of these products are not. Some of them are pretty tasty, actually. Many of them are. So and to the first part of your question, where is the science in this? And, and uh, I like to think more in terms of the technology. We know a lot about the science. Uh, first, you have to think about which product am I talking about. So am I talking plant-based product or am I talking about a cell culture type product? Those are two different things. Talking on the plant-based side, I would say there's there's a lot of science. I about 20 years ago, I I, I worked myself in uh, in in some of these vegetarian type products and uh, alternative uh, meat alternatives. A, a lot of things are still done the same way, but there's a lot of uh, there's new technology that makes these products a little better than they were 20 years ago. They continue to improve. I think getting a little closer to meat. I think are we going to see a product that is that exactly mimics meat? in terms of appearance and flavor and texture and color and all that, uh, I think it'll be a while for the very, for the simple reason that meat comes from animals and not from vegetables. So while these products are, many of them, like I said, are good, I don't know that we have the technology to make them really exactly like meat at present. Okay. There's uh, anyone who studied <laughs> taking a meat science course knows that well, meat is, what it is because of the because of its composition and its biochemistry. I think the technology continues to advance in this in this area. In the area of these hybrid products, uh, if you had some of these hybrid products, well, the benefit from the fact that they do contain some some of some meat as well, and that does help. It helps bring in some 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 of the meaty notes as well here. Other areas that are out there, for instance, uh, we ourselves, uh, my lab here, we've been doing some work very recently, lipid structuring technology that can in some cases help in this type of uh, application that is a structure, say structure a liquid oil to actually simulate solid animal fats. So that's just an example of technologies that, can, that, that, that myself and others continue to work on that may actually have application into this, for these types of products. And would that be would that be applied to a plant based uh, product? Yes. yes, yes, okay. Yes, yes, absolutely. Uh, th this uh, this is a technology that uh, could be applied to a plant based or a meat based product. Also, on the on the plant based, of course, you know you don't you can't use pork fat or beef fat in your in, in your burger patty, for instance. So you need something else, but you would like it to be like pork or beef, right? So this gets you a little bit there. We still have some some things to work on in terms of the flavor and so forth, but we think that from a rheological aspect, they do pretty good. And then on the meat side, it allows you to, it would allow a processor to maybe tailor the composition of the product. 
So for instance, like some of these hybrid products, right? They're, they're, they're catering to a specific consumer. And so this could allow you to come in with say a, a different composition of fat to try to address uh, whatever issues you want to address with your consumers in terms of the composition of the product. You could tailor that. You could also use it as a delivery mechanism for bioactive components if you want to go in that direction. So it does give you a lot of uh, flexibility because it's a fat. Imagine it's a fat that is not coming from an animal during harvest, but it's a fat that you're actually making in a plant. So you have complete control over what goes in it. Right. (laughs) And by the way, Julie, just uh, want to say that this is work that we are actually going to present this year at the Reciprocal Meat Conference. So for those who are interested, just just look us up. Oh, that's that's fantastic. I'll be there. <laughs> so, well, hey, you know, um a couple of years ago I heard you, by the way, give an excellent excellent talk at the Reciprocal Meat Conference, um, which is the American Meat mm-hmm. Science Association's annual meeting. And you gave this talk called Developing the Developer how to be RTE or ready to employ on day one. And what a great title. I I really love that title. But what's some of the top line advice you most frequently give to these newly minted R&D scientists looking to land that first meat industry job? So, well, I I didn't realize you were there. (laughs) And you remember. Yeah. And by the way, that talk, uh, the transcript or the proceedings of that that's in the published in the proceedings of the rmc this was in 2018 in kansas city there are five things that i tell people and that i tell students in one of my courses that's mostly graduating seniors who are at the very end i give them some unsolicited advice and things that i have learned first of all things that i tell them is be very deliberate about your career development and strive for career security and not just job security those are two very, very different things. If you have a secure career, you won't fret losing a job. When the economy goes south, like it's happened recently, and people are just jumping from job to job, chasing a fatter paycheck every time, you may not have been deliberately developing those career skills to make you really valuable. The people who everybody, most of us will lose a job in our lifetime. Through no fault of our own, it happens. Companies downsize, things like that happen. Economy takes a downturn. So you need to be prepared. Make yourself valuable. So I tell I tell uh, young professionals, don't just chase the larger paycheck, but work on that career security that's going to keep you afloat even when the jobs change. It's not about the job. It's about your career. And number two in relation to that, is that, well, when those situations arise where you have to get a new job that is consistent with your career path, it helps to have a good professional network. So I say, number two, develop and nurture a professional network, again, continuously and deliberately, and make sure that the relationships in your network are are meaningful and honest. And by, what I mean by that is it, it's not just what's in it for, for me, but what's in it for the other person as well, you know, and, and make sure that it's an honest relationship. A network has to be uh, developed over time. And when you need it, it's not the time to start developing it. 
and you never know when you're going to need to rely on your network. And so you need to have develop. So develop that network now. Think about it now. Don't wait until you need it because then it's too late. You don't have one. Number number two is uh, be aware that a scientist, you know, science, technology, and society itself all evolve. So a lot of what you're learning today and a lot of what I teach my students at the university today may not be applicable 10, 15, or 20 years from now because we will have new knowledge. Society will be different. Consumers will be different. We will be, uh, workplaces will be different. So you have to stay current. You have to learn continuously. Okay, keep an open mind and let science and scientific facts actually have the final say. So beware of bloggers and letting your emotions get in the way. Which brings me to the next topic, which is remain adaptable because of this evolution. So number four is remain adaptable because change is the only constant. And so embrace it. Take detours when you encounter some of those roadblocks. You may have to take detours along the way. But sometimes those detours or forks that present themselves to you actually open up really new opportunities for you. And then the fifth one, the last one, it's the last one, but it's probably the most important one. What I tell uh, young professionals and graduating students is always stand on principle and do not ever compromise professional ethics. Because in your career, you will, you know, we'd like to think that everything's black and white, but you will encounter many situations where it's gray area. What do, what's the right thing to do? It's not entirely clear. So let your principles guide you. You have to, you have to understand what you stand on, what your ethics system is. And let that guide you because you will come into situations like that. And at some point, you're going to have to decide where you draw the line when situations present themselves to you. So don't compromise your professional ethics ever. That's my last piece of advice. That's great advice. Uh, and one that we can all learn from, whether we're young or old in our careers, right? <laughs> but, uh, well, I want to thank you for taking the time to chat with us today, Rodrigo. And sure. be sure to check out Iowa State's Meet Science web pages at meetscience.ag.iastate.edu, where you can learn more about the department's academic and extension programs, Meets Lab, and short courses. You'll also find Rodrigo's faculty page there, where you can find more on his current research activities, presentation, and the Meet Science Certificate Studies Program. Or visit meetingplace.com and peruse the technical article archives to find expert articles on a variety of topics, including R&D, meat quality, and safety. You can also access our MeetingPod podcast directory on the website, where you'll find a recent episode featuring our chat with hardcore carnivore Jess Priles, who's a student in the Iowa State Meat Science Certificate Program. Thanks again, Rodrigo. I'm looking forward to chatting with you in person at the AMSA RMC in Reno. You're very welcome, Julie, and, and thank you, and I'll see you in Reno in August. Thanks for spending time with Meeting Pod today. Remember to tune in on Mondays and get the inside track on the people and processes that power the protein supply. Be sure to subscribe to Meeting Pod on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And follow Meeting Place and Altmate magazines on social media or visit our websites at meetingplace.com and alt-meet.net. <laughs>